Tuesday night is debate night, the first of three US presidential debates between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Joining me down the line from Washington DC is the Critics US editor, Ollie Wiseman. Ollie, welcome to the Critic Podcast. Hi, Graham. Ollie, is the format any different this time? Yeah, so the format um, in terms of the number of debates and so on will be the same as it was four years ago, uh, three three presidential and one vice presidential. Obviously, the big difference is, um, as with everything in our lives these days, is uh, down to COVID. And um, because of the pandemic, there'll be a much smaller audience than usual, I think 70 or so um, voters who have all been sort of tested for COVID and will be sitting presumably in sort of spaced out seats and everything. Um, yeah, and I guess no handshakes and that kind of thing. So it's sort of COVID affected, but otherwise um, as normal as a US presidential debate could be, I suppose. Well, I'm not sure there'd be much handshaking at the best of times. Um, what's been the, the build-up, the, the, the trash talk between the two camps? Well, I mean, Trump very much is um, predisposed to be sort of... Um, you know, uh, build, b- building this up more than than, than Biden would be. Um, uh, Trump's been claiming he thinks there's something fishy going on, and and Biden should be should take a take a drugs test before the debate because um and, and he's obviously happy to do the same. So he's sort of trying to uh, this sort of sense of drama, and Trump's trying to kind of build the debate up. Um, whereas obviously Biden, uh, as the sort of front runner in the race, kind of has a has less incentive to do that, and b that's sort of not his style anyway. Um, I would say in terms of building it up, Trump's also spent a lot of time uh, and, and, and his surrogates and his campaign have spent a lot of time talking about Biden's fitness for office, Biden's kind of inability to string a sentence together and they'll sort of pick as many unflattering clips of him answering questions as he can, claiming he's sort of wedded to his teleprompter and so on. So it's quite important to the Trump narrative um, that tonight's debate you know but if biden they've set quite a low bar for biden to clear um but that does mean he sort of has to clear it if that makes sense i do wonder about trump's strategy here if he makes biden out to be so utterly hopeless and helpless isn't he just setting expectations so remarkably low that that biden um can can only exceed them yeah that is of course the um that is of course the problem with the the cunning plan um but um you know it is true that um, Biden is uh, does trip over his words and is is prone to um, is prone to kind of slipping up in that way. So, um, you know, that being said, he 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 spent a lot of time on debate stages throughout the Democratic primary, and he got through those. Uh, he, you know, he certainly wasn't, um, you know, he he certainly didn't become the Democratic nominee because of the strength of his debate performances, but nor were they uh, a major kind of hindrance to him. How will it work across these three debates? Will each be tightly themed to questions about, um, well, for instance, foreign policy or domestic policy? Or do they, uh, do they range in a freewheeling way in each debate? Well, I think there's quite a lot of leeway, um, for, for the, as far as I know, there's quite a lot of leeway for the moderators. So tonight, um, Chris Wallace, who's a Fox News um, anchor, is hosting, and he's one of the sort of most respected and I would say kind of most independent uh, and sort of tough on Trump, uh, people at Fox News, um, and he's already announced his um, his topics, and it's kind of you know it's the range of topics you'd expect: the pandemic, um, the Supreme Court, um, and other sort of uh, the economy, 
uh, other kind of hot topics of the moment, really. Over the last couple of decades, viewing figures have uh, gone up and down for these presidential debates, but I think, generally speaking, they're on a down trajectory. I'm wondering if that's going to be different this time, the difference being, of course, coronavirus and the, the absence of mass participation rallies. Uh, does, the, does this mean that uh, the free debates uh, are really, really do or die? Well, it's there's two things going on at once. One is definitely the fact that the, the campaign's been very underwhelming compared to a normal presidential race. It's been largely virtual. And in that sense, there's kind of, a, I think there's some excitement around it because we're finally getting, you know, the two of them in the flesh and the kind of re, real deal and something recognisably, um, you know, something familiar um, and, and, and recognisable from a, from a previous campaign. Um, if you wanted to be, if you wanted to, you know, to, at the same time, however, um, there are far fewer undecided voters um, than there were four years ago or than there are, usually are in a presidential election at this stage. Um, and so if the polls to believe, are be to believe, I think I've seen some numbers that suggest, you know, many fewer people telling pollsters that they will be kind of factoring in tonight's performance in terms of how they vote. So in that sense, it's kind of at the same time an exciting moment, but also one in which most of the people watching have probably sort of made up their minds already. After tonight's debate, there are two more presidential debates. Um, they're on the 15th of October and the 22nd of October. Uh, but on the 7th of October, there's a single vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. Is a lot riding on this now, given the suspicion that if you vote Biden, you get Harris? Uh, yeah, that's true. I think um, also adding to that is the fact that Harris in the primary... Um, had landed a couple of quite heavy blows on actually on Joe Biden, um, um, uh, which you know sort of earned her a reputation for being quite sort of combative and, and and strong debater. Now you know there were other debates where she was she was less impressive, I think, and where she actually took um, she was on the receiving end of some similarly uh, similarly tough tough stuff from other uh, candidates. Um, but no, I think that both the vice presidential candidates have. With, with two old um, presidential candidates, they both have kind of more significance than, than in a normal year, certainly. Well, these debates certainly promise to bring alive a contest that uh, thus far has uh, rarely, rarely sparkled. Ollie Wiseman from Washington, D.C., you're going to be covering each of these debates for the critic. I better let you get ready and get your popcorn ordered for the first to begin. Thanks, Graham. If you've enjoyed listening to The Critic Podcast, why not subscribe to have the magazine delivered to your door? Subscribe today with the offer of three issues for just £5 by heading to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk.